Before we get started with tonight's episode of the Always Pressing PGA DFS Podcast, let me talk to you about Draft. Draft Draft.com, Draft in your app store, is a great way to play fantasy sports. If you haven't tried it yet, I highly, highly recommend it. The guys in the SD Slack chat absolutely love it. It is snake-style drafts just the way you like it. Drafts done in under five minutes. You can get paid out the next day if you choose. Super fun. They have PGA. It's awesome, especially for the cut events coming up. Then they have NFL popping off on the weekends. you got hockey and basketball back. The baseball once the season starts again next April. Tons going on there. And they've even introduced an auction format. So much going on over there at Draft.com. And when you're a new user, use promo code SD Sports when you check out and you get entry to a free $3 tournament of your choice. So go check out Draft.com, Draft in your app store, promo code SD Sports. If you're looking for help outside of the podcast, come join us in the Sports DGens Slack chat. Ask myself or Jesse for an invite or go to the Sports DGens on Twitter at the Sports DGens and ask for an invite. It is completely free and we're in there talking all sports. Basketball is going crazy right now. You got football, baseball, hockey, the works. They're all going throughout the day and uh, just ask questions and fire away. So join us in the SD Slack chat. Also, if you can give us a rating and review on iTunes or wherever you listen to the show, preferably on iTunes, it would be much, much appreciated. With that being said... Welcome to the Always Pressing PGA DFS Podcast, previewing the 2018 WGC HBC Champions Tournament. Play. Sir. Yeah. Kane is in the building. Yeah. All right. Already the show goes on all night. Till the morning we drink. And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Always Pressing PGA DFS podcast. This week, we'll be previewing the 2018 WGC HSBC champions over in Shanghai, China. In order to do so, I'll be joined by my co-host, as always, Jesse. How are we doing, man? Doing well. How are you doing? Good. Good, another seventy-eight man, no cut event. Our favorites, but hey, we got the Sanderson Farms if we really want to get our fix. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, there's uh, uh, obviously two tournaments this week. So one in China, uh, where the big boys are, and then the the one over in uh, um, uh, Mississippi. Correct. Uh, yes, it should be in Mississippi. I got it right here. Yep, Jackson, Mississippi, the country club of Jackson. So. Yeah, that'll be going on right there. We aren't going to preview that one. If you have any questions, join us in the Sports Agent Slack chat where all the sports are getting covered, and we'll help you out in there. Just hit us up, and we'll let you know. If you need an invite into there, just ask either one of us. Ask these Sports Agents on their Twitter handle, whatever works for you. But we'll answer all your questions there. It's actually a half-decent, like, great above web.com field, but still not the most impressive thing, and the names just came out. So we're not going to get too much into that one here. But if you have questions, let us know. Contests aren't great. But uh, you know us. We'll probably say we're not going to play some. We'll have a lineup or two out there. So just yep. let us know. It's got a cut too. Um, so if you're if you're wanting some cut action and some shot shot tracker action, that's that's the route to take. But like Bubba just said, there's not a whole lot as far as contest on DK. Just remember, Ryan Armour is the defending champion. Yeah, let, let that wrap. Even though he kicked ass last week, just wrap that around your head. Um, <laughs> let's recap last week real quick. Uh, the big game hunter he conquered were his, his matchup. He got it done. He's a little slow opening round, but the wind was just torturous that opening round. That's some of the only footage. I was a little bit scattered throughout the rest of the weekend, but I watched a lot of that opening round. It was nasty. Like it brought back. Like I, I averaged 20 to 25 mile an hour afternoon winds where I live, 
and I thought that was miserable. No, that was that was tough over there for those boys on the opening round. But uh, most of them battled through that, and then the scoring got easier and easier, and the weekend got crazy, and Brooks carried it away 21 under par. Gary Woodland, a nice 17 under par as he continues to play really, really good golf. I don't know where we, I know we talked about it a lot on that uh, season recap pod. He started out so great and disappeared, but he finished the year strong, and he's starting off the Asian swing strong. Any major takeaways from uh, the last weekend, Jesse? Uh, this is a good call by you. I'm I'm pretty sure he was your pick to win last week, correct? I believe so, yes. He's yeah, my high kid. I think it was him and like Gary Woodland on my top two or something like yeah. that. And they finished one, too. Um, so, yeah, he had a uh, obviously an awesome week. Um, I mean, the scoring was completely different mm-hmm. than last year. It was, you know, nine under one that won this golf tournament last year, and nine under this year was tied for 14th. Uh, so, yeah, Brooks uh, obviously played well, won by four shots. Gary Woodland was right there. He finished second. Ryan Palmer birdied his last seven holes to sneak into the top three there, which was, I thought, pretty notable. Because, um, obviously, no shot tracker. Pretty much the only way I've been able to keep up with this is looking at the app, looking at scores every now and again, and then the uh, at PGA bogeys and birdies. And the last one, he had seven fire emojis. Pretty amazing to me. Seven in a row. Brian Palmer. Yeah, fire fire emojis tell everything so um <laughs> it, it is it is pretty impressive though that ryan palmer of all guys and you mentioned nine under last year one at all just on sunday alone just having the pga tour scoreboard up on my app brooks was eight under gary nine under palmer 10 under rcb seven um some other notables had one was eight adam scott was nine you had a ton of guys at six under um danny willett shot seven under on sunday jimmy walker chapel like scoring, if you didn't score low, it got you. Shot Xander shot seven hundred to finish three under on the tournament. It's kind of what we were texting about earlier today, Jesse. How you know we each had really solid lineups until well, answer went the other direction. He I shot he eighty. Like, he shot eighty. Yeah, he shot eight <laughs> over on Sunday. When, when guys are shooting eight under, he shoots eight over. So I'm yeah. actually like, as I'm watching that score grow, I'm wondering if he got hurt and he just finished out the round because. He's too good for that, in my opinion. Like, way too good in conditions well, like that. So, something to keep an eye on. Wasn't he? I mean, he withdrew from the Safeway. Yeah. Um, and I'm guessing that was because of injury. He's over there making guaranteed money, which I totally get. But maybe he aggravated something. I don't know. 80 is ridiculous. Insane. Yeah. Like you said, when other dudes are shooting, you know, 62. Um, and there was a lot of low scores. I mean, it was not just one person, but the birdies were there to be had on Sunday. Um, my fade of the week again, my bust of the week, Jason Day finished top five. I said that he needed to finish top five in order to pay off, and he did it. So three for three on uh, bust of the week, or oh for three, however you want to look at it. If you, if, if you want to remember, and Jesse told you last week when he said Jason Day, make sure you go play Jason Day. So, you know, he's just letting you know, and, and it won't be this way all year. You're not, it's not going to happen. It's just uh, awful. It's, it's no cut events, though. It's like you look at some of these guys. He shot five, oh, five under on Sunday alone. I'm pretty sure he had a pretty decent Saturday as well. He wasn't kicking ass the first two rounds. He might not even have made the cut if it was a real tournament. So, he uh, shot 73, 71, 65. Yeah, so, yeah, I'm with you. So you just got to, like, you got to take all the grain of salt in these no-cut events, and that's what's kind of been the good, the bad of it all is, you know, some of them it's, it's really good golf. Like, you see uh, RCB, he came back and had a big weekend, but he really didn't do anything. He still finished really well. 
it's just it's so hit and miss, and that's why I think guys like Brooks and and Woodland Woodland did back to back weeks on no cut events. Like he's played really really well every round, pretty much. So yeah, very interesting to see. I, I was really bummed he's not here this week, and I know there's certain regulations because of the World Golf Championship and the high rank guys, it's the Euro Tour Tour version, so they get certain ex players in and so on and so forth. But uh, I would have liked to see Gary in this field to see if he's really up up to the task. Uh, any final takeaways from last week in that CJ Cup at Nine Bridges? Oh man, that's it. Did you find the ninth bridge? It's metaphorical. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm oh, sorry, I, I, I know you do it. Um, <laughs> all right, let's go to the WGC HSBC Champions Preview DraftKings Preview. Uh, Jesse, why don't you go with some passive event history because we actually have a decent amount here. Yeah, so there's plenty of course history this week, which is a major plus in my book um this is it was originally a like european tour event mostly mainly um and it became a wgc event in 2013 and it's been played the same golf course uh which is szechuan szechuan international country club something along those lines um over in china and uh so last year justin rose was the champion he shot 14 under beat uh DJ Brooks and and Henrik by two shots year before that Hideki Matsuyama was the champion, uh, 23 under one by seven shots over Berger and Stinson. Uh, Russell Knox is a past champion here. 2015 Bubba's won this. He won it in 2015 and DJ won it in 2013. Um, since it's been a PGA tour WGC event, other notable winners, Franny won it in 2010, uh, Poulter won it in 2012, but Poulter won it when it was played at a different golf course. Um, they played it here a lot, but in 2012, they changed the venue for some reason. Uh, yeah. And so that is it. All right. Go to the course preview real quick. The Shayshan golf club in Shanghai, China, par 72, about 7,261 yards, pretty much a bent grass golf course. Um, as you said, they've been playing the WGC here since 2009 with an occasional off season. They played HSBC tournaments here since 2005, as it was built in 2004. Um, the last few weekends, we've talked about how they, they have these majestic-looking courses and so green, and they use all the, the vegetative land around it. Well, these guys came in here and actually moved, like, 1.5 million cubic feet of dirt around. Like, they literally said, nope, we're designing exactly how we want this here. I don't care what's here in the way. They made it in, in like kind of an Oak Hills design in the U.S. is what they're going for. You see a lot of different things that you like here. Um, they have elevated greens, very, very narrow fairways, about, about course average fairways. But last week we saw some of the biggest fairways out there. These are much tighter. Like we've seen with a lot of these Asian courses, very shot oriented. Like you, you can bomb it and get away with it if you're accurate. But for the most part, you're going to want to give yourself nice iron shots in because the rough is very, very penal here. Some years way worse than others. You read a lot of course quotes from previous golfers, and it, they all emphasize how bad it is if you miss the fairway. Like the rough will literally – it's at least a one-shot penalty, and it really gets you because these greens, decent size, very undulating, which makes them difficult. You got a lot of – this is one of the higher double bogey courses out there. But if you have a good iron shot from the fairway and you can control your ball – these greens are very receptive. When you're in the rough, you can't do that. So if these guys are, are, are getting good approaches in, they'll be just fine. They can stick darts and have good putts for birdie. If you're not, you're getting your, your bogeys, your double bogeys, and that's where scrambling comes into play. As these greens have a lot of false fronts and usually run about 12 to 13 on the stem, so decent speed. 
to top it off. So a lot of good stuff there. Uh, tons of bunkers, especially around the greens and some fairway bunkers. A lot of that to get in your way. Uh, 11 of the holes have water in play on them. Stuff to look at there. Uh, rolling fairways. So again, um, like Lee Westwood, a lot of the Euro Tour golfers quotes and some of the kind of like Matt Kuchers of the world. Where if you're not in the fairways, you're in massive trouble um, and you need to, 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 to avoid that. You know, the bunkers and all that good stuff around there. Uh, last but not least, I think I got most of it done that way then. Um, you got four par threes, average about 200 yards. You got 12 par fours, about 405 to 415. And then you got four par fives. Two are very, very reachable. Two not so much. They average around 575 yards. So likely you can play the bummers, the DJs of the world. But I, I'm focusing more on, you know, your accuracy guys, your good iron players, because if they can get that good shot in there, they'll have a lot of birdie opportunities. And that's why I think guys like Falter have had success here. Justin Rose can do it all. You can't stop him. But uh, for the most part, um, just smart playing and not trying to do too much. That's why I think guys like Rambo are going to be in trouble again. We'll talk about that later. What are some of the key stats you're looking for this week? Yeah, I mean, look, I'll look quite a bit of course history. Uh, there's a lot, um, especially with uh, your traditional Euro guys. They played this tournament a lot back in the early teens, uh, 2010s, 20-teens, whatever. Um, so I, I will factor that in. And then just, you know, have to use a lot of recent stats. The problem with a lot of these guys haven't played much recently, um, but uh, greens and regulation I think will be massive this week. Uh, you know, Justin Rose hit a lot of greens last year. He didn't putt overly, like, great for what you typically see in a winner. Um, so I'm not putting a whole lot of emphasis on putting, but, uh, you know, keep it in the fairway and, and hitting those greens. Yep. Fairway greens, um, some good scrambling just in case you miss the false fronts, find the bunkers and whatnot. But, uh, that's kind of what I'd be looking at there. Uh, yeah, Justin went, went low on Sunday. It was kind of out of the ordinary. Uh, I think he shot eight or nine under on that Sunday. I was reading earlier. So something to keep in mind there. Um, the weather wise, Opening round should be fine. Second round, maybe some afternoon rains. So if you believe in that kind of stuff, a p.m. a.m. wave could help you, but there's no cut. So do what you want to do. If you think a guy's going to bomb out because the weekend should be just fine, then go for it. If it's just like just off and on light rains, just keep an eye on it. It'll just soften the course up even more. They can really pick their poisons out there and go low. So that's kind of where I'd look on those. Uh, before we get to the DraftKings plays, let's talk a little uh, – you know, fan share sports. We like we talk about them for football, talk about them for golf, lots of great projections, um, tags. They listen to everything, do it all for you. We'll talk about coming into this event, top DraftKings on average in the last three events. A name you're going to hear a lot this week from the Euro Tour is John Catlin. Um, he hasn't, you know, he hasn't played a ton uh, where he's going to be registered in DraftKings when it comes to the PGA Tour, but he's averaging 103 points in his most recent occurrences. Um, Hideki second, Jason Day third, Rio fourth, RCB fifth, Siwoo Kim. Uh, for some reason, they have Austin Cook on here, and I did not see him uh, in the field unless I missed him. Uh, Cam Smith, Xander, and Ches Reby is up to 10th in the last three events. Quite impressive. We're talking about the last six events, though. You've got Callen still leading the way. Uh, Matsuyama, RCB, CT Pan gets up there to fourth. He wasn't on the last three. Uh, Grio, there's, there's Brooks Kepka, Xander. Austin Cook again, and then Billy Ho, who had a bad week last week, but uh, at least it shows you some recent forms and playing well there. I think with Austin Cook, I forgot to mention the last couple of weeks, I was reading something a few weeks ago, I should have mentioned it, on these no-cuts event, and Cooks has balled out at these no-cut events. 
Him and Finau led the PGA Tour in birdies last season. Austin Cook, you wouldn't picture that, but he did. And uh, that's something we definitely want to look at for these no-cut events where they can just add up birdies, birdies, and more birdies. And that's why I want to bring you to the WGC HSBC from last year because when you look at the top 10 leaderboard from last year, it was Rose, Stenson, Brooks, DJ, Stanley, RCB, Uline, Harmon, and Fitzpatrick. You got to go down to like T15. There's a guy named Brendan Grace. Well, when it came to drafting and scoring last year, Brendan Grace finished sixth because he had 17 birdies. Um, overall, he had Rose, Brooks, DJ, guys that finished up high. But then he had Stanley, who had 19 birdies. RCB, Brooks, or uh, Brendan Grace, Patrick Harmon, Day, and Alexander Levy was 10th. When you look at the overall leaderboard, Levy finished – where did he finish? I have it right here. He's not in the top 20, I'll tell you that much. Um, Levy finished T31, but he was 10th in drafting scorings. I just wanted to kind of break it down more to explain to you guys how you might not need what you're thinking of. When you look at um, the Fanshare site, looking at past history, you can do tags, you can do draftings points, um, then you can go to like average birdies. Last In that tournament last year, Rose, DJ Brooks, then there's Levy, Ryan Fox made that list, Patrick Cantley, your boy Kyrdek had 18 birdies, so did Chez. A couple things to look at there. They do bogeys, and then another one that's interesting because I mentioned that two par fives are reachable. There was only one, two, three, four, six total Eagles last year. RCB had two, and then Brooks, Stanley, Hao Tong Lee, and Hideki each had one Eagle. So you can kind of break things down, especially for no-cut events. I think it's something else to kind of take a look at to help you uh, maybe finalize some decisions. Now that my long-winded analysis of Fanshare Sports is over, please go check them out. We can move on to the DraftKings of the world and let Jesse do some talking. Um, Jesse, 10K and above. You got DJ at 11.5, Justin Rose at 11.2, Brooks at 11,000, Rory at 10.7, Day at 10.3, and Hideki Matsuyama at 10.1. What you got? Yeah, this is, uh, we say it every week, you know, uh, any one of these guys can win. I think anyone probably, you know, above nine has a really, really good shot to win this week. Um, as far as like the plays, it's kind of a pick your poison uh, type of deal. I, I I really have been looking at Rory quite a bit. Um, he's got really, really good course history here. Fourth, 11th, 6th, 4th, 5th, 4th. In uh, in all the events he's played here since 2009, so um, he might. I mean, he must like this golf course. Uh, now, can he? Maybe it's because you don't necessarily have to have a putter. Um, but you know, does he have any interest in it? I don't know. At ten seven, I think he's that's a pretty good price on him. Um, DJ is okay. Uh, Rose is very playable. I expect him to be popular. Brooks off the win. I don't know. Hideki, I could play again too. And and Jason Day. I'm just not a big fan of, again, he did finish 11th here last year, but so, I mean, for me, it's like, I probably will be mostly Rory up top. No, I like that. Uh, I'll go look more into Rory because that could be interesting. He's always low owned in this grouping of the up top guys. I talk about it all the time and he's always low owned up here. Um, So definitely something to look at there. Justin Rose. I love, I agree. There's, I think everyone's going to love him. So it's gonna be really difficult. It's kind of like JT last week. Everybody wanted him and hey, props to JT. Because he goes and plays the first two events and then bows out because he's flat out said it in the past. I don't play good on this course. Why would I go waste my time here? Props to you. That's smart. Makes sense. Because, he, yeah, he doesn't don't, need, don't embarrass yourself. He doesn't need the guaranteed money anymore either. I mean, he's you know yeah. he's making plenty. Like, so 
Yeah, I, I don't blame him for that at all. You know, why go beat yourself up for four more rounds? I love it. Because um, right. people were wondering what's he doing, not Gilma. That's why he doesn't. He flat out has said, "I don't play good at this course." So there you go. Um, um, but and that goes for people uh, course history for you right there. Just let you know. Um, Justin Rose eleven two. I do like Brooks. I think is interesting to keep an eye on because people will use the narrative back to back weeks. He did finish tied for second here last year. I think he's very much in play if he wants to be here. And uh, it made me feel better last week because like the opening night, he's got a commercial that they specifically made for him in Thailand or wherever the heck they were last last week, like doing stuff around the area and stuff. It was pretty impressive. Korea. Um, Korea, yeah. It was it was very impressive. I was just like, oh, my goodness. Like the, he went all in for this trip. So <laughs> Brooks is interesting. Uh, Matsuyama, I'm with you. He'll go low on Rory and Matsuyama would be the two guys to really target there. So for me right now, um, I might look some more into to Rory. I probably won't be up here at all. But if so, it's going to be uh, either Brooks or Rory. I'll go that direction right now. Let's get into the 9K range. You got Finau at 99, Molly at 98, Fleetwood at 95, Rom at 93, Casey at 92, Hatton at 91, and Norn at 9,000. So some very, very nice players here. What do you like here, Jesse? Well, obviously, Finau at 99. I mean, he finished 11th here last year, but, you know, you, you just talked about it, kind of broke it down a minute ago. He makes birdies. Um, he scores DraftKings points, and that's what we're in the business of trying to predict here is trying to, you know, figure out the guy's going to score the most points possible. So I don't know I, this year. I'm, I'm I, I kind of took the, the, the view last year of trying to fade female and just continuously getting burnt because I, you know, I mean, he's popular. He's probably going to be, especially in this event. If you're in, you know, 200 man field, he's probably going to be 40% on. Um, if you're playing cash, you know, He's pro- he should be seventy five percent on most likely. So I mean, you know, it it's for me. I'm just going to eat the chalk there. I'm just going to eat the chalk on on Finau. The other option would be, uh, I, you know, when you said you're not going to go to the ten five or above ten, I'm, I'm guessing you like Fleetwood. I, I'm a pretty big fan of Fleetwood again, and mm-hmm. also Paul Casey. Um, I think Fleetwood. He hasn't necessarily played this course very well, 20th, 30th, 24th, 18th in his last four here. But you know, I feel like he's playing better golf than he was last year, and especially in 15, 14, and 13, the, you know, those three years in a row where he played here. So um, I think he's very playable. If he's you know striking his irons, there's almost nobody better in the world uh, than him. And, and Casey's just – he's on a run, man. Now, with the back hold up, I hope, two straight top 12s here. Uh, so those are the three for me there in that region. I like that a lot. I'm with you on Fino. I'll eat the chalk. He's going to be ridiculously priced, like our chalk wise. It's going to be crazy. Yeah. But I'm all in on Fino at 99. This is a guy I played almost every week, period, but definitely no cut events. We already talked about why. I do love Tommy. Uh, he, he's coming in in phenomenal form. Tier 11 or better in four straight events. T20 here last year. Yeah. And I agree. He's a, he's a much different player. This this is, it says Fleetwood written all over it. It just takes one of his hot weekends to put him right up in contention. And he can play really, really well here at 9,500. He can bomb a course. He can play smart on a course. He's got both aspects of his game I like a lot. So those two for sure. And then the sneak might not be sneaky in a small field, but Tyrell Hatton, again, didn't get a ton of ownership last week like we talked about. He's only 9,100 bucks. T14 last week, T2 the week before, T11 here last year. So I I think Hatton's coming in under the radar. and can be very nice at 9,100 as well. But for me, I think I'll start a lot of lines with Fina and Fleetwood and go that direction. Going into the 8K range, you got RCB, Cantlay, Fitzpatrick, Poulter, 
Reed, Scott, Binion, Cam Smith, Shoffley, and Billy Ho. Another really solid range here. RCB at 89. I absolutely love. T5 here last year. T3 last week. He really tore it up over the weekend. So a lot to like there with RCB. You mentioned he was he had two Eagles here last year. The only man to do so. So I do like some RCB for sure. Um, then we go down to the likes of um, Fitzpatrick at 87 coming in an outstanding form. Uh, and he T9 here last year. T16 and T7. So Two teen hinds are better in three appearances. I like Fitzpatrick a lot of eighty seven hundred bucks. Uh, Poulter definitely gets my attention on a course where you can kind of play smart and poke and prod around. You saw he did that last week with a T ten. Yeah, he, he's played this eleven times, three top tens, seven top twenty fives. So at eighty six hundred bucks, I can definitely get behind that. I think Benny on will be interesting because everyone was all over him recently, especially going into last weekend. He T forty one and let a lot of people down. He has a very, very good ball striker, very, very good irons plays. So 83 for Ann, you might get him in some nice lower ownership, something to keep an eye on there. And then same with Billy Ho. I think he's let a lot of people down. He's been right, riding hot. People have been all over him. Uh, doesn't have really great history here, but uh, he's definitely a guy I can look at. Coming off that T81 last week, or the week, uh, T7, no, that's also T67, sorry, reading the wrong line. T67 last week, where he has completely fell apart. Uh, his iron play, which he has really, really well, good driving iron and whatnot off the tee at $8,000. I think he'll go super overlooked. This is a guy that was, you know, finishing really, really high in a lot of really good fields towards the end of the season. So Billy Hope could be another low-owned guy here. But RCB is the guy I really want, followed by Poulter, and then go down the list. And Cam Smith could be interesting as well at 82. Keep an eye on him. What do you like, Jesse? Yeah, I don't mind RCB. Uh, I can never get him right, though. I mean, I played him two weeks ago, and he finished 50th and didn't play him last week, and he – I shot 63 or something on Sunday there to finish tied for third or 65. So he went 65, 65 on the weekend. So I mean, maybe he figured something out. Um, but like I said, I, I just can't ever peg him. I do like Poulter quite a bit. Um, he's played here a lot. Uh, he's played here one, two, three, four, five, six, seven times. Worst finish was 45th back in 2009, but he finished 30th, 2015, sixth and second uh, in the two years prior to that. So uh, I'm a big fan of Poulter at 86. I think he'll go overlooked by, you know, some of these other names around here. Adam Scott's interesting too at 84. We talked about him a little bit last week on the on the pod, and he, he maybe figured something out on Sunday, but he's so streaky. Um, but, you know, it's kind of what you want in these, these events. I mean, if you played him last week, you probably were not winning much until he shot 30. On the back nine, uh, which he started with on Sunday and and turned into 63. So Scott may have figured something out. Uh, but for me, really, I, my, my favorite play here is Poulter. Um, so that's where I'll probably have most, most of my lineups going. I like it. Let's get to the 7K range. We've got a handful of guys, a lot of Euro players and whatnot. Uh, who are some of the guys in the 7K range you're looking at, Jesse? Yeah, Olsen, I think, is playable at 79. Um, he's coming off a miscut, so that was at the British Masters. Totally different, you know, obviously, venue. Um, so maybe that'll get some people off of him. Uh, I know he's kind of been popular in the past. Like at the PGA Championship, he was almost 20% owned, finished 56. But uh, his form isn't necessarily awesome coming in. But I think he is playable. It'll just be interesting to see if he's highly touted. If he is, I'll probably back off if – no, I think I'll I'll have a lineup or two with him. Um, one of my favorite plays is Hao Tong Lee. He's he's he is Chinese, um, so he's kind of like the uh, Sung JM of last last week. But he's played here a bunch. Fiftieth, sixty third. He finished seventh, two thousand fifteen. So 
you know, it's there and he's streaky as well. He can make uh, birdies and uh, the occasional eagle uh, in, in bunches. Other than that, Russ, Russell Knox, from a course history perspective, uh, I think is interesting. He won in this in 2015. Eddie Pepperell, um, he's coming off a win at the British Masters, which was uh, last week uh, or the week before last. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I think he's playable at 73. Thomas Peters, uh, probably an underprice on him as many birdies as he can make. And last but not least, Chez, I mean, he finished 24th here last year, and he was actually leading uh, the CJ Cup for a while last week in, in route to a seventh-place finish, you know, where everybody was touting bombers and all that kind of thing. But if you're looking for a guy who's going to keep it in the fairway, hit a lot of greens, um, you know, Chez is your guy. So that's pretty much it for me. Like, Lee would be my favorite play. Uh, sprinkle in some Pepperell, Knox, Thomas Peters, and Chez. Yeah, and I, I like a lot of those. One guy I need to look at, and I'm going to butcher this name, but Lucas – Bergard, yeah, Bergard. That's, that's, uh, who knows? I know you're talking about. Yeah, that, uh, so. I just, he's coming in an amazing form. It got my attention, so I looked at him. A T nine, a first, a T twenty, a second, a six. Never played here before. Um, obviously on the Euro Tour, but he's got great uh, Euro Tour stats. You know, T to green approach. They all just line up beautifully. Like everything looks really good with him. I've already heard his name so much, and it's only three o'clock Pacific time on Monday, which terrifies me on ownership. Again, I, I, I know we keep plugging them with Fanshare Sports. Lucas, uh, um, they, they they do a great job over there with Logan Harper and all those guys. So go check that out because Lucas will be very interesting to see what his his ownership is. If it's reasonable at 78, I'll probably have some stabs at him. Um, I agree your Olsen call and Hao Tong Lee, both on both sides of him, are phenomenal pivots off of him yeah. if he's chalky. I think Lee's really good. Like you said, he can score DraftKings-wise. We mentioned him on the Fanshare recap. So something to think about there. Um I always have a soft spot in ter- on courses like this with Kyle Stanley. He really crapped the bed last week. But he T5 here last year and before last week was playing really, really good golf. He'll go lower on, I think, after a lot of things happened last week at 75, uh, 76. You can take a look at him. Uh, Eddie Pepperell coming in in phenomenal form. For those that don't remember, we recapped the uh, season. He was the one that got hung over and just torched the British Open on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, he's He's very, very good. He's actually a really, really good golfer. He just has his, his ups and downs like many golfers do have. But Eddie at 73 could be a nice play. I think that's going to be popular as well because people know him. Uh, Ches Reeby, I love. I'm with you. He's one of my core players at 7100 bucks. Uh, we already mentioned last year, DraftKings-wise, he was a top 10 guy at this event, even though he finished T24. Um, he all, he was on the top 10 in birdies. I believe he had one of the six or seven eagles I talked about. And he's coming in in phenomenal form. He's got that good iron play. If he's sticking it, he's got short birdie putts. He might not finish, like I said, T24 last year, but he can rein in those DraftKings points. So I like that a lot at 7,100. A couple others if you need to punt away here without going too deep. CT Pan, very good iron player, approach guy at 7K. And then Julian Suri is a guy that could go really low. Um, he's played on the Euro Tour before he came over to the U.S. last year. Uh, we've seen him play really good as the year went on in the U.S. This kid, he does have his, his hiccups from time to time. But, you know, the last five events he's played in, T5, T21, had a T53, but then a T16 and a T35. And he also brings some really good iron play in there. So at 7K, he's a guy that could rack up some birdies for you as well. Could also be very tilting, but uh, he's interesting. But I agree. Um, Lee's very interesting. I love Reavy. There's a handful of others in that 7K range we can help you guys with later. 6K, Jesse, locked and loaded. Who are you looking at down here? Because there's actually, if you want to get weird, you can get weird down here if you need to. Yeah, there's a few. Um, Wu, 
Ashun, uh, probably mispronounced that, but he's played here a bunch. Uh, he might be okay to play. Um, not a huge fan. Matt Wallace at 67. He uh, has played well recently, including a win uh, back in September at the Maiden Denmark, uh, finished 16th at the British Masters. So um, coming in pretty good form there. I think he's he's decently playable. Eric Van Ruin, um, he's got two straight missed cuts, but, you know, again, this is a no-cut event, so you can take some stabs. He'd be a guy that I would I'd be willing to take a stab with. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of this region down here, so I'll probably try to avoid it as much as possible, but... Another guy uh, would be Scott Vincent. Um, he played at the CIMB Classic and made the cut. Uh, was there a cut? At CMB? No, there wasn't a cut at the CMB, no. CIMB Classic. Uh, so he finished 66th, but before that he was playing well. But anyway, yeah, I mean, I'm not, it's not a huge fan of this region down here. No problem. Uh, Adam Hadwin at 69 is just interesting. He's actually playing decent golf of late, uh, even though I like to clown on him quite a bit. Another good iron type guy at $6,900. Um, Andy Sullivan at 68 is coming in in really, really good form on the Euro, Euro tour. So he's a guy you can take a look at. Somehow we clowned him, but Patton Kazire has come over here and he's gone T31 and T21 back to back. And he's $6,600. So I don't completely hate that. I'm not like condoning it as a great play, but he's actually playing decent. One I do like down here is Alexander Levy for the fact that, you know, he's coming in and playing mediocre golf. He's like a T30 type guy, T31 here last year. But we also talked about how last year he had a ton of birdies and a ton of drafting scoring. He finished what is like T31 and he finished ninth, I think, in drafting scoring last year. So, um, yeah, he can definitely get it done at 6,500 if you want to punt and just pray for points. Uh, Kadara is down here, another, you know, world golf ranking player, but he's 6,300 bucks. So take that with a grain of salt. And then uh, the name you're going to hear a lot besides the first guy I mentioned, Lucas, that I couldn't pronounce his last name. Uh, the other one, because he's coming in in phenomenal form, T22 at first, the 17th, the T9, the T8. Um, he's, you know, on fan share in the last three and six events. He's leading fan share scoring is Mr. Catlin, John Catlin at 6200 bucks. I know absolutely nothing about him. Not even going to act like I do. But he's coming in in really good form, and his, his name is everywhere right now. So if you want a $6,200 punt, that's going to be chalky. There you go. But I think where I'm going to probably go is I'm going to look at some Alexander Levy and a couple others and try to be a little different where I can, but uh, ugly nonetheless. All right, Jesse, we've wrapped up the field of 78. Let's get some centralized picks in as always. First off, who do you have busting this week? Oh, who basically who's going to do well. Okay. Um, my bust this week, uh, <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much what the segment should be called. Who is Who are you going to say is going to play bad and end up doing well? So go ahead and play that person. Um, I'm going to go with Brooks. I mean, at 11,000, I don't know. It, you know I, just, I don't know if he'll go back to back. And, you know, again, he's got a top five pretty much to pay off 11,000. So can he? Yes. Will he do it? I don't think so. I'm going DJ. And if I got to go farther down, I'm going John Rom. I just, John Rom's got to prove it to me right about now. He's almost in my Tiger with him. I'm just going to fade him until he proves me wrong thing in, yeah. in a good field, like not in a, a cherry field, but in a good field like this. He's going to have to prove me something. He just really has to. Um, who is your favorite punts if you have to this week? Yeah, I mean, if you're punting, um, you know, again, like I don't, I'm not I'm not a huge fan of going below seven. So, like, my one pick above seven would be Thomas Peters, you know, right there at 71. I think that's a, a good play. But uh, other than that, you know, Wu Ashun. 
how did I miss it? How did Tommy's Peter's only seventy one hundred dollars? That's pretty know. crazy. Yeah, well, I mean he's well, not playing. He's not really super. No, he's not playing well. But for of course, history yeah. isn't that great. But I mean, he. I think he can. I, he's a good enough talent to figure it out at some point, and I think he will. So, you know, at seventy one, I'm worth, I'm willing to take the risk in a no cut event here. No doubt. Yeah, mine's gonna be Levy or. Um, if I take one like seventy one, I'll go Ches Revy. Seventy one would be the guy I go to. Um, who's your core at the moment? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm a big fan of Rory this week. I think he'll be low owned, and then also Finau um, as well, and 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 Fleetwood. Uh, it'd be probably gonna be difficult to fit all three of those in. So the core would be more like Fleetwood and Finau. Yeah, Fleetwood, Finau, RCB. I want those guys. And that's that's when I'll have to probably go down to Revy and Alevi and see what happens from there. But uh, like you said, at least Fleetwood and Finau would be a, a very good starting point, and we're both on board there. So hopefully we have a good Sunday chain on Sunday. Who do you have winning this thing? Uh, winner, I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Finau. I think it's uh, it's his year. He's gonna break through. He's gonna get something done. Let's hop on board and and, and be there for it. Yep. Okay. I had Fino as well. So there we go. Wow. If, if yeah, we're both on Fino. We're both on Fino and Fleetwood. So if you like us, play it. If you don't, fade away, folks. That's yeah. all I can say. Basically, there. basically, lock in Fleetwood, Fino, and Brooks, and just make it happen. Yep. Let's rock and roll with those. Uh, before we wrap up again, we'll talk Sanderson Farms in the Slack chat. For anybody's got questions for that, just ask one of us for an invite if you don't have one already. Did you see Sergio won an event this weekend? Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I didn't look Golf, at the field man. though. Was it? I didn't look at a field though. Was it actually worth anything? Uh, I didn't check the field out either. But there's there was uh, quite a bit of uh, course history there, um, and uh, and it's golf. You know, I mean, we have it's a podcast about predicting the hardest sport possible. You know, I mean, it really is. I mean, think about it. Yeah. It's it, you, there's nothing harder to predict than golf. All right, yeah, because I was I, I played yesterday. Humble, humble comments here. I um, I I'm like an eighteen and a half handicap, so I'm not great, but I'm not horrible. And I go out there in the opening nine, and I couldn't do it. I shot a fifty on the front. Did I literally couldn't do anything? Thirty eight on the back, so I made my <laughs> handicap. It's like you just completely two different. Like that basically, what I want to say is that sums up golf. Oh <laughs> yeah, just, I you mean, never know. It's that's so, that's right. I mean, you know, Sergio is a world class talent, so. Does it surprise me? No. Um, yeah, I, th- I think he can uh, win just about anywhere he goes. It's just a, such a mental game. You just never know. All right, that's it for this week, guys. Uh, if you're watching live, we appreciate it. Sorry about the technical difficulties. Um, and we will catch you next time. Uh, you guys have a good week. And uh, hop in the Slack chat if you if you have questions or need help or hit me or Bubba up on Twitter. We're happy to help. Later. Later.